the assignment of the spirit of depression is to shut you up. Let me say that again. The assignment of the spirit of depression is to shut you up. The assignment of the spirit of faith is for you to speak. So the evidence that you have the spirit of faith is when you speak. So I believed, so I spoke. The spirit of faith speaks. Spirit of depression shuts you up. I believe there's spirit of faith here. So speak. Amen. God is good. Want to take this moment? <laughs> Indeed. I'll take this moment just to acknowledge all the online folks. Uh, may God bless you guys. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I just want to say, get your posture right. Uh, because we are in the presence of the living God, holy God. Uh, the Bible says, in fact, you'll see numerous accounts in the Bible. I'm talking to you guys, okay? Online folks, I can see you. Uh, there's numerous accounts in the Bible when people encountered God and they fell because they experienced the holiness of God. They experienced the awe of God. So I want you to understand, even though you are in different places, uh, understand the importance of God's presence. God's presence is in His Word. So as the Word is spoken, you are going to encounter His presence, but get the posture of your heart right. The posture of your heart can be determined by the posture of your body. I'm telling you this. That's why in the Bible, Paul never says, I was praying while I was sleeping. He says, I bow my knees while I prayed. So the posture of your body will determine the posture of your heart. So get the posture of your body right. If, you, if you're lying down, get up. Sit on a chair. Get your back straight. Because I'm telling you, I'm being very serious with you. If you are serious in being attentive to God's word, you shall not lack any good thing. Any good thing. Amen. So I want to bless you with that. God bless you guys as you, as you posture your heart to receive God's word. Amen. Amen. I believe when the word is preached, it is confirmed by signs and wonders. Believe that. We, we serve a supernatural God. We believe in a supernatural God where anything is possible. Anything is possible. Um, so take the limits off. Take the limits off. The psalmist says, they limited God. You can limit God. <laughs> God who is limitless can be limited by man, by your thinking. So tell yourself, take the limits off. Take the limits off. Because we, we are believing in a supernatural God who can do anything. Anything. Nike came up with the quote, impossible is nothing, but that's for God. Impossible is nothing for God. Nothing is impossible with God. It doesn't say nothing is impossible for God because that's common sense. It's just common sense. Nothing is impossible for God. But when you 
come in partnership with God, nothing is impossible with God. So, nothing is impossible for you with God. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. I did not give them this verse. Second uh, Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. So funny. You think you're prepared. Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. Today, I, I want to talk to you about shame. But that's not at all what I prepared for. I'm going to talk to you about shame. How to overcome shame. Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 7 is, a fi- is like a very popular verse. If you've been a Christian for some years, you probably would have heard this verse somewhere. It says, for God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and sound mind. For God did not give us a spirit of fear but of power, of love, and of sound mind. Now, you might be wondering, I just said how to overcome shame, but I'm talking about fear. Because fear is the root, shame is the fruit. Fear is the root. Fear is the root of all shame. That's why the next verse, verse 8 says, Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me. So see, this is Paul. He's talking to his spiritual son, Timothy, and he's saying, you dare not be ashamed of Jesus, and you don't be ashamed of me. Shame is caused by fear. It's caused by fear. And that's why verse 7 says, for God did not give us a spirit of fear. Fear does not come from God. God does not give fear. It's the devil who gives fear. And fear is given. So if something is given and you don't like it, what do you do? Don't receive it. You don't have to receive everything that comes along your way. You don't have to open every door when it's being knocked. You see what you're getting. And if you don't like it, don't receive it. Spirit is given. The spirit of fear is given. And it is not given by God. It is given by the devil. So if you see, it's fear. Don't receive it. In fact, he says, for the spirit of fear is not given by God, but he gives you the spirit of power, love, and sound mind. Meaning, for whatever devil throws at you, God gives you three times. Three times the opposite for you to fight against what the devil has thrown at you. So if the devil is throwing the spirit of fear at you, God gives you the spirit of power, love, and sound mind. See, you don't understand this. If God just sent you one thing that was enough to defeat the devil, because it is from God, a superior reality compared to inferior reality is nothing. So when you receive one thing from a superior reality is enough to defeat that is coming against you from an inferior reality. But he gives you three things. Spirit of power, spirit of love, spirit of sound mind. So you dare, so you dare not convince yourself that you are defeated. He has equipped you. He has equipped you. 
spirit of power, spirit of love, and spirit of sound mind. Yes. This is the second letter that Paul is writing to Timothy. And he's writing from a prison cell. And Timothy has good reasons to be afraid and good reasons to be ashamed. Because if you understand the story of Timothy, Timothy is like the senior pastor of the greatest mega church in Ephesus. History says that they probably had about 100,000 believers in that church, which is a good number, great number in fact. But <laughs> in the time that Timothy was living, they were facing immense persecution from the government. In fact, before, before that time, Christians didn't face persecution from the government. They faced religious persecution from their Jewish brothers and sisters, but then they never faced persecution from the government. This was like something new where the government came against them. And this persecution started with King Nero. If you understand the history of King Nero, King Nero was a crazy guy. He was also known as the beast because he was like an animal. He proclaimed to be God. At the age of 17, he was made the emperor of the great Roman Empire. So just imagine you giving power to a 17-year-old guy. Look at his ego that has like puffed up. He's puffed up. He was so crazy. They say that he killed his own mother. He considered himself a great musician and a great poet. You know, he was like the, in Indian movies we say, you know, the, the Rajnikan superstar who can do everything. Well, I, think, I think the equivalent version would be Chuck Norris, right? He considered himself of that kind of a person who could do everything. So he would, he would perform in front of a huge crowd. And if anybody left while he was performing, they'll be killed. So you had to sit through his performance. I just learned this yesterday that there's a story of a pregnant woman who was pregnant, who was sitting in one of his concerts, couldn't leave, so she gave birth over there. So you understand the atmosphere of fear. And this King Nero, he had this crazy idea that he wanted to destroy the old Rome and build it new from scratch. Why? Because he considered himself a great architect. So he came up with this plan where he presented to his senate, to his ministers and said, you know, I think I have a great plan. Let's just bring the Rome the architecture of the Rome that is there, bring this whole city and the village down and let's rebuild from scratch. And the Senate were like, are you crazy? No. We can't allow you to break our homes. We can't allow you to burn our homes. We can't allow you to do that. But King Nero was persistent. So what he did was he sent his servants who burnt entire Rome. Entire Rome was burnt in a day. Many people died. The entire Rome was burnt 
torn down burned down and only rubbles and to and to change the focus of the conversation you know like any government does blame it on somebody and he blamed it on the christians you know those christians they are the ones because they believe in another king who is coming they believe in another kingdom they are cannibals who eat meat and blood it's them it's them who has burned down rome and then because of him began the persecution of christians immense persecution like christians were torn by lions eaten by lions burned at stake you can't believe the persecution that they went through and timothy is a pastor of ephesus ephesus is a city in one of the cities of the roman empire which is a very thriving city the most advanced city the most you know prosperous city where he was leading a church a mega church and now believing in christ was a choice of life and death it was not a convenient choice can i tell you something your faith is revealed when you go through the fire because fire fire reveals fire reveals and now christians the most faithful ones were being killed and and the ones who were just there for the season they switched sides they they didn't want to identify themselves as christians so imagine imagine the insecurity and the shame and the fear that timothy is feeling as a leader as a young leader of a church that is declining in such a rapid pace you know it feels good to a pastor when the church is growing but it's terrible when people are leaving in mass numbers in fact i know of another pastor who had a congregation of 5000 people think about it 5000 is is a huge number congregation of 5000 people but in a day not hundreds not 200s in a day more than 4900 people leave in a day do you know the name of that pastor his name is jesus he was only left with 12 people and jesus looks at his disciples and say do you also want to leave because when push comes to shove when that fire comes fire reveals your faith is tested in the fire and the fire reveals so for good reasons timothy is afraid he's scared he does not know if he lose his life or not but at the same time he does not know how to lead the ones who are with him and for that paul says god did not give us a spirit of fear but a spirit of power of love and of sound mind in that sense we are fortunate enough where life has not taken us through the path where believing in jesus has been a choice of life and death 
But can I tell you something? Believing in Jesus is a choice of life and death. It is a choice of life and death. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6 that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against the principalities and powers of darkness. If you asked a Greek Roman person what was their picture about wrestling, it's very different from our understanding of wrestling. Our wrestling is almost fake. Most of the times, it's f it's not even it's not even a true fight. It's acting. But their wrestling in that time, wrestling was they would wrestle to the point of death. One person will die. It was it was very bloody. They they would wrestle. They they had no rules. They could gorge the eyes of the opponent by their thumbs. They could break their hands, break their bones. There, there was no referee who would say, hey, you can't do that. Wrestling was a fight of life and death. So when Paul says to his Christian brothers and sisters, hey, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against powers and principalities of darkness. They understood that these principalities whom, whom they are fighting against is they are fighting for their life. So can I tell you that the devil that is, that is inconveniencing your life by this headache that you go through, inconveniencing your life with the small offense that you have and with this stress issue that you're going through, the objective that he gives you these things is not that headache, offense, and stress. His motive is to kill you. He wants to steal and kill and destroy your life. His objective is not just to inconvenience you for a couple of hours. He's coming there to kill you. But because we have considered inconvenience by the grace of God, we are not really destroyed by the power of the devil. We consider these things inconvenience and we, we try to manage them as much as we can. It's just a small headache. Let me try a Panadol. It's just stress. Let me just sleep it off. It's just, it's just burnout. So let me just watch Netflix for another four hours. We're trying to manage issues than actually fight them. And rebuke the devil. Because the motive of the devil coming into your life is not just to give you some inconvenience. It is to destroy you, destroy your life. So this fear that you have, the shame that you have, don't try to manage these things. Rebuke it once and for all. Get rid of it. Don't get too comfortable. Yeah, it's just, it's just fear. It's just shame, yeah. I, I don't. How do you handle shame? I don't talk about it. It's a wonderful plan. How is that working for you? It works great as long as I don't talk about it. How's your sugar, brother? How's your sugar level? Ah, I don't check. It's good as long as I don't check. Rebuke the devil. Today morning, I was reminded of this verse where God tells Cain, Cain, 
why are you upset if you had done it right wouldn't your sacrifice be accepted now be careful because sin is knocking at your door don't let it overcome you you overcome the sin First John chapter 5 verse 4 He who is born of God overcomes the world and faith is the victory you are an overcomer the day you accepted Jesus you are called an overcomer heaven sees you as an overcomer so don't live a defeated life if your name is shanti be shantiful you know because live according to your name if your name is peace be peaceful So if your name is an overcomer be an overcomer live like an overcomer Hallelujah So I want to give you three keys three keys of walking in the power of the spirit three keys because shame and fear can only stay within your life till you manage it till you let it let it enter till you let it you know come into your life and you keep managing it but if you live by the power of the holy spirit you can overcome fear you can overcome shame so i want to give you three keys but before i give you these three keys i want i want to read couple of verses okay Oh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 17 says where the spirit of the lord is there is freedom spirit of the lord there is freedom another verse psalm 16 was 11 in your presence there is fullness of joy psalms 91 was 1 he who dwells in the shelter of the most high will abide in the shadow of the almighty Exodus chapter 33 verse 14 My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Genesis 39 verse 2 The Lord was with Joseph and he became a successful man. The reason why I'm telling you these verses is to convince you. I have to convince Christians. <laughs> God's presence is for your benefit. <laughs> If you have the spirit of God it is for your benefit. Because where the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is there's fullness of joy. Where the spirit of the Lord is there's protection from all evil. Where the spirit of the Lord is there is prosperity. Where the spirit of the Lord is there is rest. You have rest. You have benefits. You have benefits living in the presence of God through his spirit. Benefits. But can I tell you something? Presence of God you don't invoke the presence of god through worship just want to drink water you know before i clarify that jesus said john chapter 15 was sent 7 if you abide in me and my words abide in you how you abide in jesus is by his words abiding in you presence of god comes with his words it's the word of god that releases the presence of god 
Now, why worship is important is because worship is a precursor to hearing God's word. Worship is like preparing the ground, which is our heart, preparing our heart to receive that seed that will bring forth fruit in our lives. So if the seed is the word of God, our heart is the ground, worship prepares the ground. Worship is preparation. That's why we make sure that we have the worship before the word. Because worship will open up your spiritual senses to receive God's word. And it is in the word of God that is spoken that you experience and encounter the presence of God. Because it is in the word of God lies the spirit of God and God is spirit. So worship is important. The first key, first key is worship. To live a lifestyle of worship. Live a lifestyle of worship. Because worship is precursor. It prepares your heart to receive God's word. Worship is precursor. Worship has very little to do with music. In fact, it has very little to do with songs. All the songs and music can... can can be a catalyst to the worship, but it has very little to do with it. The essence of worship is sacrifice. Say with me, sacrifice. Romans 12 verse 1, I beseech you, brothers, by the mercies of God, to offer yourselves as living sacrifice. For this is your spiritual act of worship. Worship without sacrifice is meaningless. The essence of worship is sacrifice. The essence of worship is sacrifice. Because something about sacrifice that opens our hearts. When you have sacrificed something for the Lord at the altar, it opens your heart to receive God's word. Do you know what, what can choke your heart to stop receiving God's word? Offense. Offense can choke your heart and it can stop you from receiving God's word. There's a story in the Bible which says that Jesus, he went back to his hometown and the Bible says he could not perform any miracles but he healed a few sick people. Now my question is, isn't healing a few sick people a miracle? But then why does the author say that he did not, he could not perform any miracle, but he healed few sick people? So I studied the word sick people over there. And in the Greek, you understand, it talks about those sick people who were in coma. Because coma people can't get offended. People who are paralyzed, they can't get offended. Praise God. So Jesus could heal them because they were not offended. But every other people who were offended there, every other person who was offended there, could not receive the power of God because they could not receive the work of God. Offense brings dishonor and dishonor will choke your heart and stop you from rece receiving the word of God. But similarly, sacrifice will open your heart 
Worship is sacrifice. Sacrifice. When you sacrifice something that is very important to you, that is very precious to you, you see that your spiritual senses have opened up because you know now it's life and death. When, you come, when, you, when you've come to church and you've sold everything that is there in your wallet, now you don't know how you are going to go back, I'm telling you, your spiritual senses will be extremely open. Every hole in your spiritual body will be open because you want to listen to God. You know there's no other hope. <laughs> there's something about sacrifice. And it's powerful, it opens our hearts. Worship is sacrifice. I want to tell you something. When David, he was offering up to the Lord, he was giving his offering, he said, I will not give anything that will not cost me. Your sacrifice should cost you. Your sacrifice should cost you. You cost you. Whatever it is important, whatever is important to you, it should cost you. That offering should cost you. There should be a there should be a slight pain in your heart while you give. You know, it should cost you. You know, we 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 want to be we want to be compassionate people. But let me share share a story of Jesus with you, which is anti-compassion. Jesus is sitting at the temple courts and there is this old woman who comes and gives her two coins and puts, puts them at the offering. First point, Jesus is watching what you give. <laughs> Jesus is watching what you give. And then after she gives, Jesus says, hey, see, what she has done is far more, far more, far more than what these rich Pharisees have done because they have given out of their abundance, but she gave out of her poverty. But here's my thing. If Jesus is calling this person out, should, shouldn't Jesus go and be like, take the two coins and be like, it's okay, God understands. Go back home. Shouldn't Jesus do that? Jesus doesn't do that. You know why? Because he understands the power of sacrifice. Because what you sacrifice for the kingdom looks sacrifice in the moment, but it's not a sacrifice, it's an investment. Sacrifice is something where, where there's no return. Investment is where you have returns. You can't sacrifice in the kingdom, you invest in the kingdom. So in the moment it looks like sacrifice. In the moment you want to make you make yourself feel good by saying, oh, I'm sacrificing for the kingdom, but you don't realize it's an investment. You're getting much more in return. Even if you don't get any financial blessing in return, which you will, but even if you don't get it, can I tell you something? The moment you sacrifice that seed, you reap a harvest spiritually. Because your spiritual person opens up immediately to hear God. So if you're feeling, my life feels dry, I'm not able to worship, I'm not able to pray, 
can I tell you something? If that's who you are, sacrifice. <laughs> Bring your sacrifice to Jesus. Because when your life is put, in, put on the line and when you give everything that is away to Jesus, your spirit body has to come alive. He has to. Worship is sacrifice. It should cost you. Say with me, it should cost me. It should cost me. It should not be out of convenience. It should cost me. It's really not the amount that you put. If, if we're talking about monetary, it's not really about the amount. It's about what it does to your heart. God doesn't care about your money. God cares about your heart. But your heart is in the wallet. That's why God cares about that. Money won't do him any good. But he knows someone who's willing to offer his, their heart to him, if he can transform a heart, he can transform the city. The kingdom does not need money. Kingdom needs hearts. Transformed hearts transform cities. Worship is sacrifice. And sacrifice has to be costly. Are you being blessed? Oh, let me give you this example. Because we, we've been on this conference and Blessed Life conference and I, and I ask Elvin to come forward and I ask him to give testimonies. And every time he comes, he shares his testimony. He says, you know how the Lord has blessed him. And he also mentions, you know, he comes two hours driving from Ghazibad. Two hours driving is, is not an easy thing. But what I want to remind you is, don't applaud, don't just applaud. Yes, we can applaud, we can appreciate the effort that he makes. Don't just applaud for the effort that he makes in driving two hours. Understand what he sees over here that makes him drive for two hours. The value of what he gets in return is much more in what he has sacrificed. That's why we don't want to be like, oh, Elvin, two hours, it's okay. You attended three Sundays, four Sunday, take a break, stay at home. We don't do that. Why? Because we understand the power of sacrifice. Because what he has got in return while sacrificing is far much more. Far much more. Because sometimes we want to give ourselves credit, too, too much credit, right? Oh man, I've done so much for the kingdom. Yeah. And the kingdom has done so much for you. Let your eyes be on the kingdom. Understand the value of the kingdom. If you understand the value of the kingdom, you, your sacrifice will not become a self-righteous offering. That's why Paul says in Romans 12 verse 1, I beseech you brothers by the mercies of God. Or in other, an, an, another translation, it says, in view of God's mercy. Meaning, if you really want to offer yourself as living sacrifices, you see God's mercy first. You see how God has been merciful. You cannot be a blessing unless you don't recognize that you're blessed. So even for you to be a blessing, even for you to offer that sacrifice, you have to recognize that God has blessed you. 
you are blessed so you become a blessing and then you become blessed again you become a blessing it's a cyclical lifestyle we we just don't give to get we give to get to give amen worship as sacrifice my next point oh man yeah turn to the hebrews chapter 4 hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 for the word of god is living and active sharper than any two edged sword piercing to the division of soul and of spirit of joints and of marrow and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart read another verse for me ephesians chapter 6 verse 17 and just the last phrase and the sword of the spirit which is the word of god so my second point to you is hear god's word hear god's word your deliverance is in hearing god's word the presence of god is in his words how do you abide in his presence is by abiding in his words now these two references that i showed you you see the word of god is is seen as a sword as a sword now what do you do with a sword it is used for two 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 things the first one is warfare you use sword for warfare offense and defense offense and defense in fact in ephesians chapter 6 which talks about the various elements of the armor of god sword which is the word of god is the only offensive weapon rest all the weapons are rest all the armor is defensive it protects you from the attack of the enemy it's the only weapon that actually harms the enemy that makes a dent in the enemy so you can have the entire armor and not have the sword you can be like protected but still going through attack you really want to kill it off take the sword and kill it so the first thing that the sword does is spiritual warfare spiritual warfare the second thing that the sword does where the author of hebrews talks about that the, the word of god is sharper than any two edged sword piercing to the joints why does he talk about piercing to the joints and marrow and talking about piercing to the spirit and soul because this sword is not talking about the other sword which is meant for fighting this sword is a smaller type of sword which is used for surgical reasons for surgical you know surgeries so it has surgical precision so if there's anything that is you know if if a if a soldier has he he's fighting and a metal pierces through his flesh the sword can go and just cut enough make that deep cut so just just enough to take that metal out so one the word of god is for spiritual warfare the other the word of god is for inner healing So if you hear God's word if there's anything that is unnecessary in your system the word of God takes it out it divides and and the word of God is so sharp that it will only attack the thing that it needs to in your life so there's an internal cleansing that happens through the word of God and an external attack on your enemies through the word of God 
that is why you need the sword of the spirit which is the word of god but here's the thing a sword using a sword requires high level of knowledge and skill if you don't have high level of knowledge and skill you can cause self inflicted pain <laughs> sometimes christians don't want to hear god's word is because it pains and the reason why it pains is because they don't know how to use the sword they don't know how to use the sword for their own benefit because they haven't trained themselves to use the sword properly if the word of god is not really bringing benefit into your life it is because you have not been trained and because you've not been trained you keep hurting yourself and you think that oh man this is like going worse i didn't have so so much a problem when i was not really involved in the word now i'm like having crazy oh man it's it's painful in fact the word is revealing every aspect of my life that was hidden i was living such a good life you know now it's exposing everything you need training to use the sword you need training you need to be trained under a professional you can't teach yourself how to use a sword you'll get hurt everything needs to be right everything the word of god is very powerful please understand this the word of god is very powerful but without proper training without proper skill and knowledge you might hurt yourself and that's why we see bleeding christians i'm bleeding pastor who caused you the hurt self inflicted <laughs> do you know who can use the word to attack you apart from yourself and your foolishness and ignorance the devil he can use scriptures to attack you he did that with jesus if he did that with jesus why what makes you think that you're insulated he will use scriptures and you think oh man we have so many bleeding christians who think they are on the way to the cross but they are just bleeding out of self inflicted pain my people perish for lack of knowledge amen say with me one thing what has been revealed will be restored what that means is if the word of god which is like a light has revealed any dark portion of your life you don't have to be condemned you don't have to be ashamed you don't have to be fearful if it has been revealed it will be restored genesis chapter 1 verse 2 says and the and the earth was void and it was dark and it was empty and the spirit of the lord was hovering over the waters every dark areas of your life the spirit of the lord is already hovering over The spirit of the Lord is already hovering over every dark areas of your life but here's the thing this why is the spirit of the Lord hovering because it is waiting for the word of God to be 
release see here's the thing here's the thing you don't understand this when the word exposes your weakness most people want to hide it and go into hiding and isolation but that is the place where you actually expose it become vulnerable let the word of god deal with it because the spirit of god is hovering over that darkness so if it has been revealed it will be restored don't be ashamed the sickness that is prevalent in the church is being condemned being guilty because we have not still understood what the blood of jesus does you have no legitimate reason to be guilty of because the blood of jesus has finished it he said it is finished so when the word reveals a weak area of your life don't be ashamed don't be fearful don't feel guilty but at the same time trust and be like thank you jesus for it is finished i believe in your blood so what has been revealed will be restored let the word of god work in your life don't be ashamed stay there see jesus comes to the samaritan woman and says uh, i'll give you living water and the samaritan woman says okay give me the living water so that i am not thirsty again so that i don't have to come back to the well every afternoon and take the water because i don't like i'm i'm, I'm an introvert person i don't like dealing with you know people and jesus says okay if you want this living water bring your husband and the woman said i don't have any husband she said you are right you don't have any husband because you have had five husbands and the one that you have is no long is, is also not your husband see what is jesus doing he's revealing what she's trying to hide but in the exposure is where the healing happens if the word of god is revealing something is exposing something don't be scared stay there because if it has been revealed it will be restored it's the same woman the samaritan woman who's so scared of meeting people because she knows about her lifestyle she has had a bad past the same woman goes around to the entire town and village is talking about jesus saying he is a prophet because he said everything about me hey woman what you did was not a very good thing to be proud of but now because she's healed completely she's like hey he's a prophet come and meet the messiah because he's revealed everything that is about me exposure is not for not for god to humiliate you exposure is for you to be healed god does not want to humiliate you by exposure so when the word of god exposes something stand firm on god's word and believe man i believe if god has exposed this god will heal this don't try to heal yourself oh this has been exposed let me try to do something what what we try to do is bandaid fix say bandaid fix don't work if god has revealed something let the word of god work through amen come on i want to show you something hebrews chapter 4 verse 2 This is something so important. 
you remember i told you the word of god is the sword of the spirit it requires training requires high level of knowledge and skill if you don't have that kind of training you might probably hurt yourself hebrews 4 verse 2 this is the foundation of that training for good news came to us just as to them but the message that they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened so when you hear god's word if you don't hear it in faith if you don't mix your hearing with faith it's not going to benefit you 2 million people came out of israel oh sorry 2 million people came out of egypt they were moving to the promised land everybody heard the promise of the lord that they were going to enter the promised land everybody heard but only two heard it in faith and because they heard it in faith they entered the promised land rest of them they could not enter the promised land here in faith let me give you an example somebody from the church gives jeremy a prophecy jeremy your exams are coming we believe we see that you're going to get 95% that's the word that he's got now the same word someone else also got okay so just imagine with me alvin also got the same word alvin you're going to get 95% in your exams now both of them got the same word now jeremy goes back and thinking oh man i have this word 95% now man the pressure 95% pressure oh man what am i going to do oh i don't even study so much oh gosh now what are people going to think you know my exams are like in 2 weeks and then my results will come 3 months oh maybe i am in this church only for 3 months after that i'm going to quit <laughs> consider the pressure and alvin goes like oh 95 i'm going to sleep i got the word most people and i'm saying lighthouse people don't benefit from the word because they are trying to work in their self effort on how to make that work word be revealed or be manifested and you don't see any result because you're trying it oh, oh self control self control mastery patience be patient if the word has been revealed the word will restore so when you hear a word when you hear a word rejoice not by my strength not by my power but by the spirit of the lord i don't care how the word will do it because if i've heard the word the word will do it for you to become a doer of the word the word in you has to do the word Let me say that again. If you have to become a doer of the word, the word in you has to do the word. You cannot do the word by yourself. Our responsibility is to hear the word and to keep hearing the word again and again until it becomes a reality. So if self-control is the area of struggle that you're going through, find scripture portions that talks about self-control and abide in those scripture portions till it becomes a reality. 
hear the message in faith. If you don't hear the message in faith, the same light that is for you, you will feel that that light is against you. And you're like, I'm blinded. I'm have, you, have you been in a car in the night when you're driving, when the other car comes up, you know, in, in the opposite direction and it throws that beam of light at you, you, you're blinded? If you don't posture your heart to receive God's word in faith, you'll feel that blinding effect. It will blind you. It will not benefit you. So the foundation of using this word is to believe the word that I have received. The word will do the work. So I believe. I believe in the word. I don't believe in my own self-effort. I believe in the word. Does that make sense? Okay. My time is up. Third key, I'll be quick. Third key. Final key is intentionally be a blessing. Intentionally be a blessing. Christians want to be a blessing for sure. But they're very random. We'll randomly be a blessing. If we see, uh, you know, if we travel in an auto, we'll randomly be a blessing. Don't be a random blessing. Be an intentional blessing. Intentional blessing. Intentional blessing. Even before the week starts, you should know what are the areas in whose life are you going to intentionally be a blessing. Be an intentional blessing giver. Amen. The verse that I have is John chapter John chapter 7 verse 38. Whoever believes in me as the scripture has said out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. In John chapter 4 Jesus said if you drink of this living water you shall have a well of eternal life. Now the day you receive Jesus you have a well of eternal life. Okay? The day you receive Jesus the Holy Spirit in you is the well of eternal life. Say with me, I have the well of eternal life. So whatever you need for a life of godliness, whatever you need for your life to live a blessed life, you have it within you in this well. You can draw it out through joy. So this Holy Spirit that you have received in you is enough for you to live a blessed life. It's enough for your family to be blessed. But that potential of the Holy Spirit that is in you has the potential to flow st like streams of living water. Streams. Not just one stream, multiple streams. Those streams are not just for you, it is for the nations. So Spirit of God that is upon you can bless you. Spirit of God that is upon you can bless nations. So when you intentionally choose to become a blessing, you're operating under the anointing of the Spirit upon you. That's why in Philippians chapter 2, verse 17 says, Even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. Pour out as a drink offering. So live an intentional life pouring yourself out as a drink offering. Don't try to conserve energy. Don't try to conserve your resources thinking, oh, I may not have enough. Pour yourself out because the one who pours out of you will fill you. Pour yourself out. Be intentional. 
Be intentional in being a blessing. Be intentional. Be intentional. Don't be random. Be intentional. Be intentional. If I ask any random Christian and I say, hey, is God first in your life? They'll all say, yeah, God is first. But how do you clearly know that God is first in anybody's life? Take out their bank statements. And if you're not working, if you're a student, look at how you manage your time. Because how, how we prioritize anything is by our time and money. Energy, of course. Time, money, energy is, are the greatest indicators where our priorities lie. So be intentional. Be intentional in being a blessing. Amen? Three keys. First, worship. Worship is a lifestyle. Worship is everything to do with sacrifice. Worship has to be costly. It needs to cost you. And if you do this, worship will prepare your heart to receive God's word. The second one is hear God's word. Hear God's word. Cultivate a lifestyle of hearing God's word. Hear God's word again and again. But there's a foundation in hearing God's word. Only then it will benefit you. What is the foundation? Hearing God's word in faith. In faith. If the word has come into your life, the word will do it. You believe the word. Even if it sounds illogical, it sounds impossible. If the word has said it, believe the word. Third, intentionally be a blessing. Intentionally be a blessing. When you cultivate these things into your lifestyle, you will always flow in the power of the Holy Spirit. Always. Always. Not just on Sundays. Not just on good days. Always. Always. I will never be dry. I will never be fainting. I will always be blessed and I'll always be fruitful because my mind lies on the Word of God. My mind lies on the Word of God. His mind who stays on Him, He keeps them in perfect peace. Perfect peace. Peace and joy are very good indicators that you are staying in the presence of God. Peace and joy are very good indicators because peace is the assurance of faith. Joy is the endurance of faith. Let me say this again. Peace and joy are very good indicators that you have received God's word and that you're staying in his presence because peace is the assurance of faith. Joy is the endurance of faith. Peace and joy are very good indicators. So make do everything that it requires for you to live in that posture of peace and joy. Peace and joy is your portion. Amen? There is no legitimate reason you have where you cannot experience the peace and joy of God. Peace and joy is your inheritance. So if you're somebody who's going through stress, if you're somebody who's struggling with shame and fear, I want to declare this over your life that peace and joy is your portion. Peace and joy is your portion. For the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. This Holy Spirit that you have received, He comes with peace and joy of the kingdom. You already have peace and joy of the kingdom. You already have peace and joy of the kingdom. So believe it by faith. Believe it by faith. Even before the feeling of peace comes, you have to believe it by faith. 
peace and joy of the Holy Spirit. So come on, believe it by faith. Come on, come on, come on, raise your hands, believe it by faith. I receive the peace and joy of Jesus. I receive the peace and joy of the kingdom. Come on, believe it by faith. By your words, by your words, by your words. Come on, you release your faith. You release your faith by your words. So come on, if if we have faith-filled people here, come on, speak the word of God. Say, I receive the peace of Jesus. I receive the joy of Jesus. I receive, I receive, I receive, I receive, I receive. For the peace and joy of the kingdom is my portion. I say no to stress. I say no to shame. I say no to condemnation. I say no to guilt. I say no to fear. I rebuke every spirit of fear in this place. I say yes to the power of Jesus in my life. Yes. Come on, come on, come on. Don't wait for a song to be sung. Come on, release your words of faith. Faith is released by words. So come on, speak it out, speak it out, speak it out. Be bold. Be bold. Can I tell you something? Shame has power over you till you don't speak. The moment you start speaking, shame has no hold over your life. So start speaking right now. This is your time between you and the Father. Nobody comes in between you. This is your time. This is your time. Let every eye be fixed upon Jesus. Let him speak over your life. Let him speak words of blessing, words of peace, words of joy, words of righteousness. I speak right now in the name of Jesus that anything that is not set right in your life, be set right. Be set right. Be set right. Yes, 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 yes. Let it flow. Yes. Yes. Is your name is the greatest? Your name stands above them all. All thrones, all thrones, and dominions are power and position. Your name stands above them all. All your name, your name, your name is the highest. Your name. Is the greatest your name stands above them all? All thrones and position. 
Yes, all power and position your name stands above them all and the angels cry holy all creation cry holy you are lifted high oh, holy holy Greatest, your name. 
Yes, Father. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Lo brana hashe ke de 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 de. Li gal gahar se ke de de de. Li ro da na 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 na. Yesha kada ganana. Oh, don't restrict yourself. Don't restrict yourself. Let it flow. Let it flow. Let it flow. Ro ma 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 ma. Resa kala gadari kala na na na. Li gal ge ri do na mahan se ke de 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 de. Lift your voices, lift your voices high. Leba na harshe ke de geri re. Li kalga rahase ke de re 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 re. Ruman shake na gada na gana risalge. Lobre ne ge shaka da gana release ko. Yes, Father. Yes, Father. Yes, Father. Your perfect peace. Your perfect perfect peace to guard our hearts, O Lord. Your perfect peace to guard our hearts, O Lord Father. Roda na manari se kere re 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 re. Lo koro mono shakada ganagana. Oh yes, O Father. Everything, everything that came for our shame is turning into our glory. Everything that came for shame is turning into glory. Yes, O Lord. Yes, O Lord. Yes, O Lord. We speak Satan to take your hands off, to take your hands off from the families, from the lives of people. Oh, reke re re re, take your hands off. Oh, da na 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 na, sickness to take your hands off. Leka shakada ganagana. Yes, we speak perfect peace. We speak perfect peace. We declare perfect peace in this place. Oh, in our families, in our houses, we speak perfect peace. Yes, O oh Father. Yes, O oh Father. Every stronghold of Satan to come down in the name of Jesus. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Every stronghold in the minds, O oh Lord. Every stronghold in the thoughts to come down in the name of Jesus. We speak complete peace. Perfect peace. Oh, to fill our hearts. Oh, unspeakable joy to fill our hearts. Yes, O oh Lord. Come on. Wonderful, 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 wonderful. Shekara mandere re 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 re. Ligo na mahase gedi gedi re. The atmosphere in your houses are changing. The atmosphere in your families are changing now. Oh, yahala hase kere gedi re. Ligo na mahan zeki na mandere re re re. Everything which came to destroy you. Everything that came to bring you down, oh, is turning to, into your glory. Is turning into your glory. Which that which came for your shame is turning into your glory. The plans of devil, oh yes, which came to harm you is coming to bless you. Redanamana is turning into your blessing. Redanamasheke de Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. 
Yes, Lord. Rosha khada mana na mana. Likhori arke nege sandararana. Oh, yes, Father. Yes, Father. Oh, yes, Father. Oh, overflow. Overflow. Overflow of your peace. Overflow of your joy. Oh, yes, Lord. My cup is overflowing. My cup is overflowing. My cup is overflowing with the joy of the Lord. With the joy of the Lord. My cup is overflowing with the joy of the Lord. Yes, O Lord. Yes, O Lord. Yes, O Lord. Ha! Ha, ha, ha. Ruta mama manase Rikar geri rada na 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 Likora mahase kere re My cup is overflowing My cup is overflowing My cup is overflowing Likara mahase kere re 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 Lusha khada mana na mana Niko Yes 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 Lobra na mana sheke re geri ra na 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 Lido namaseke regerire. Wonderful. Oh, wonderful. Oh, wonderful. Ro ramaseke re. Wonderful Holy Spirit. Liganzama nagadikala shekere re. Breakthrough. Breakthrough in the name of Jesus. Oh, breakthrough in the name of Jesus. Ligan shakaramana namana sekere re. Wonderful Lord. Wonderful Lord. Come on, lift up your hands. Just thank Him. Oh, just thank Him. The Holy Spirit, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. Ha. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. Oh, yes, we lift you high, Jesus. We lift you high, Jesus. We declare that Jesus is Lord over my life. We declare that Jesus is Lord above my family. We declare that Jesus is Lord above my finance. Jesus is Lord over my health. Jesus is Lord over all things, all aspects of my life. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Yes, O Father. Yes, O Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. So good. So good, Lord. Wonderful, Lord. Lord, we surrender. Lord, we surrender our deep desires, our thoughts and imagination. Take complete control. We come against every guilt and condemnation in the name of Jesus. We rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Yes, O Father. Yes, O Father. Yes, O Father. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes, O Lord. We are what your word says we are. We are what you say what we are. Yes, O Lord, Father. I come against every lie of the devil. I come against every lie of the devil in the name of Jesus. Yes, O Father. Yes, O Father. Wonderful, Jesus. Oh, yes, Lord. We glorify your name. We glorify your name. Oh, yes, Lord. Let's just praise Him with clapping. He has done mighty things. He has done mighty things in our midst. Wonderful Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We praise you and honor you. We praise you and honor you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, we thank you. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. We'll take uh, offerings. And I'm sure you have come ready with your tithes and offerings. We'll give joyfully. We give with joyful hearts whatever we have decided in our hearts. So the offering basket is we will come to you. The online people, QR code is on your screen. You can scan and give whatever that you have decided in your heart. Giving is always a blessing. God has blessed us that we will be a blessing. And as we heard, intentionally be a blessing, intentionally be a blessing. Oh, Rahase Keriandu. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, we thank you for the offerings, for the tithes that we have taken, Lord Father. Yes, O oh, Father. Yes, O oh, Father, we speak hundredfold blessings. Yes, O oh, Father, we speak hundredfold blessings over these offerings and tithes, O oh, Lord Father. Yes, O oh, Father. No lack in the name of Jesus. No lack in the name of Jesus, but abundance for all our needs at all times. There is abundance, Lord, in Jesus' name. My God shall supply all our needs according to His riches in glory in Christ Jesus, Lord. There is no lack. There is no lack. Yes, O Father, we speak promotions, Lord. We speak increased growth and multiplication, Lord. We come against every debt, O Lord. We cancel all debts in the name of Jesus. Yes, O Lord, Father, we'll give and we'll give to nations, O Lord, Father God. We'll give, na give to nations, O Father God. Yes, O Father, thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray.